This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. to the Wise Men Say podcast, right? Debates about offsides in Manchester derbies and Spurs fans kicking Arsenal players aside. We've got a 3-1 defeat to Swansea to digest and discuss. Really living the rock and roll uh, lifestyle here. Um, at the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith. I don't think we have Gareth Barkers yet. He's having all sorts of problems trying to get into this uh, Zoom chat, so we're going to start without him. Luckily for you and for me, uh, we do have a couple of guests to uh, to make that start in his absence. Uh, glad to see it. GM Sutton from the Chronicle is back with us. Good evening. 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 Everything okay? All good. Yes, all yeah. good. I mean, I know we have loads of chat off air, you know, but the listeners don't know this, so they don't know we've already been having these this small talk already before we start. Um, I can say we've, all admiring, we've all been admiring Stephen's wallpaper, can I just say? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. better than the uh, the look when it was stripped. I was getting some grief for that <laughs> as well. Um, I can see Gareth's face has appeared, but uh, we'll uh, introduce Mickey Love first because that's where we were going. Been a while since you've been on on a Monday, Mick. Everything all right for you? Yeah, yeah all good apart from Saturday's result, obviously, but... Um, yeah, glad to be on the dissect a quite disappointing afternoon in the end. Yeah, well, it was very depressing in the end, wasn't it? All um, I can say is I'm glad we didn't do a reaction pod on Saturday because I would have come out with a little, even more nonsense than usual without saying the goal's back. So I'm glad I've had that chance to kind of see things uh, before yeah. later a little bit. I, I, and I haven't, I'll be honest. <laughs> I've not, I've not <laughs> seen any of it back yet. So I'm still very much going fresh from the memory uh that I have since uh, Saturday. I've been busy, got had, had a lot on since since the match, to be fair. Um, Gareth is here. Good evening. Okay, yeah. You manage in the end? Yeah, just uh, the old wise men say laptop is definitely starting to creak, basically. Okay. So, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? It is one of them, indeed. Um, have you seen the match back yet? Why any of the incidents um, back yet? No, I've seen our goal. I haven't even I've seen. seen Do you know what I haven't even seen? I've that seen um, I haven't I've seen it at all. I'm going purely off memory here. Seen the red card. So yeah, and now that's probably the the key ones, really, isn't it? Well, that was going around at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, we'll discuss that. Um, I mean, you know, it's a good place to start. To be fair, good as place as any because it changed the game so much. Because Sunderland were. In relative control before that, I thought. Um, and I'll tell you what, we'll take it back a little bit further than that in in in, in what 
the, the decision that perhaps caused the red mist from Luke 09 in the first place. Uh, and that was um, a penalty shout. Penalty, yes or no? Going round. James, penalty, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, simple as that. Swept, just swept his legs, didn't he? Uh, Cullen swept his legs and by the touchline there. Uh, looked a penalty to me. Yeah, um, Mickey? Yeah, I thought it was a penalty when I seen it live and I thought it was a penalty when I seen it back. I think there isn't a great deal of contact, but for me, there's no like kind of like moral penalty or no penalty. The laws of a game are there for a reason. And for me, there's contact. He doesn't play the ball, so it's a penalty. Simple as that, in my opinion. Yeah, all in agreement, Gareth? I didn't think it was a penalty. Really? No, I didn't think it was live. I saw it back and I thought it looked even softer. It live was soft. On, on it there. was soft, but as Mix just said... If you looked at every single penalty that was given now, I would dare say the percentage of the soft penalties would far outweigh the percentage of the ones that might be considered stonewallers or old school penalties. It would have been soft, but at the end of the day, he's not played the ball, he's played the player's leg. So I don't know. I think he's kicked his leg. He's kicked his leg. I don't know. I just didn't think it, I just didn't think it was a penalty. There's a foul anywhere else on the pitch. But you could say that about Lords. Couldn't you? Well, yeah, you, you can, and I, and I hate this. This, you know, they always say this, don't they? they say, well, there wasn't a, a lot of contact. Well, there doesn't need to be a lot of contact when somebody's moving to throw them off balance and bring them down. And they say, well, you know, it would have been been a foul anywhere else on the pitch, but you need more than that for a penalty. Why do you need more than that for a penalty? It's you know, and they say, well, there would have been ten penalties every game. No, there won't. There'll be ten penalties in one game, and everybody else will make sure that it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went he went down easily. Of course, he did. Which may, you know, didn't, you know, might not have helped his cause, but he's 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 stunner legs being kicked. I can't say any anything. You know, I don't think there's anything else to say. But but there you go. Maybe we should all just grill Gareth for the next five minutes and now because he's outvoted. And uh, if you do want to abuse Gareth, and make sure you uh, you do so on Twitter. We've lost. Yeah. We're clutching the straws here, right? You know, somebody, we somebody thinks some things are penalty, and someone thinks it isn't. There you yeah, go. Well, the that's ref how, didn't. And the linesman didn't. Tell you what, like, because you know, we'll get on the ref and stuff. We, it's interesting. We had this this discussion about the linesman last week, and said if they're not careful, they're going to be obsolete because they don't do anything. They don't help the referees out at all. And I think, you know, that's ended up being topical because never. Uh, have a pair of linesmen just not assisted the referee in the way they're supposed to on Saturday because there were some fouls that the ref probably didn't see the severity of and missed completely and the linesmen just didn't offer him any assistance whatsoever and make some of those calls because he did get the logo nine red card right probably although I have seen some people say say that other referees wouldn't have given it because it wasn't high or anything he was the late blind referees. no I'm, I'm just I, I think it was red card um, but I'm, I'm just saying I have seen people, you know, uh, I think Dan, didn't even Danny say he wasn't sure. Danny Collins say he wasn't sure it was a, oh, it was a, it red, was a card. red card. Yeah, Everyone thinks it was a red card here, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, I agree. Um, and he did get that right, but he was, he, he was terrible. I mean, how many times Ross Stewart got fouled in the game and didn't get anything for it? I've, I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like it. I mean, I know in particular in one of the build-ups to the goal, but actually... When it was nil nil before the um, Ahmad penalty claim, there was one time when Darlin had his arms over his shoulders in the box, and it was just it was it was a penalty, and and Ross Stewart was making eye contact with the ref, and the ref just wasn't having any of it, and then Stewart's 
responded by grabbing hold of Darlin's shirt and pulling it back. And the refs give a free kick to Swansea. And I was just, at that point, I had a bad feeling about the way, about the, way the game um, was going to go. So should we get it off our chest, the referee's performance, lads? Yeah, Generally. I think I think he was atrocious. I mean, the, the thing is, if you boil it down, as I say, I'm glad I watched it back because when I was at the game, their um, first goal just looked like a, a mile offside. Um, then I've look, looked at it back and it's not offside at all. So fair enough, he's got that right. He's got the red card right. But like you said, Stephen, little things. So you might not think that Ross Stewart getting fouled quite persistently isn't that much of a big issue. But the thing is, you're playing the ball out of the fence. Ross Stewart gets fouled. You gain 40, 30 yards up the pitch because of that foul being given. But because the foul wasn't being given, they were getting the ball back straight away and they were straight back on the us, particularly with 10 men. So I just think if you break down the decisions that you gave, it really made it very difficult for Sunderland to get any kind of foothold in the game that they were already massively... Um, kind of against the tide anyway. So, as I say, I think his performance really did hinder us and what we were trying to do when we were trying to stay in the game with 10 men. I just think it's bizarre as well because normally they're either card happy or they're not. And I think we've all acknowledged here we think it was probably a red card. Um, I do think some referees might might not have given it, but then after that, his card's just stayed in his pocket for ages. And blatant pullbacks all over the pitch at times, it was getting really frustrated. I mean, that was probably typified or summarised nicely at the end, towards the end of the game when um, he decided to give Trey Hume a yellow card for getting fouled and then turning around to the linesman and, and, and just, you know, basically asking the question, are you not going to book Are you not going to book him for this? Because they've been doing it all game. And then the ref came over and showed him a yellow card, which kind of just summed the whole thing up, I thought, didn't it? Um, never quite well, said anything like that. I know, I know it's like he was dreadful and everything and, but there is an argument to say, and I agree, yeah, you know, those accumulative fouls over time would have an impact, a wider impact on the game if you started, if you started booking players because they wouldn't be able to do it again. Stopped yeah, it. things Especially like that. Stuart, yeah. So I get, I'll get that, but in, in the isolated big decisions, I know obviously you don't agree on the penalty, but my opinion, he got the vast majority of those big decisions right. And I think I did feel a little bit like yeah, obviously, the, when the crowd feel wrong, they are going to get on. The atmosphere changes. Um, sometimes it can change for the better, where it did before we scored in the second half. Um, but I thought the first half, it just yeah, like it was just a little bit of like a like feeling sorry, people feeling sorry for themselves almost a bit. I felt like transmitted a bit into the play and. You just got to get on with it. Like I know it's like you got to, you can't take the emotion out of it in the heat of the moment. But it just went on and on and on. I thought, you know, he's just incompetent. He's not like you know, he doesn't hate Sunderland. You know what I mean? It's like when people going on, it was like he had a like an vendetta against the club or something. No, it's, it's, gonna, like, it's gonna it's gonna happen though, isn't it? Like it is. But you like put a performance I'm, like yeah. that, any 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 yeah. set of fans from any I mean, club are gonna respond like that. He's not the worst. He's not the worst. It wasn't the worst I've seen up here. It's the worst I've seen in a long time. What do you call that? Of... What do you call that Newcastle fan who's an absolute gonk, big bald fellow with a beard? Um, he's like he's oh. been in the army or something, and he like end up squaring up to an Ipswich player or something. Last was it last season? The season before Darren? Um, Darren? I don't know what you mean? No, 
he's in the RAF. He's yeah, he's in the, the RAF. Yeah, from, yeah. From Lincoln, Lincoln, somewhere yeah, down he, there. Yeah, but he's he's a Newcastle fan. Just but he's afraid. He's afraid us, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm I'm, I'm. 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 saying he's putting in some absolute shockers. And there was a big fat fella at Lincoln that time um, when we got beat two 0 down there. It wasn't great, was he? Um, I think McGeady got sent off. Um, and there's been there's been a, like a few over the years. I mean, the stadium. I would say like Lee Probert versus Luton's like hands down one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a referee at the stadium. Um, but I'm, bad one. Yeah. I'm putting it in. But yeah, it was just. He just he was just crap, yeah. Um started but, of the frustration though, wasn't it? I'm not saying yeah. it's the reason Southern lost the game. Well no, I mean we got you know in, I mean? we got back not, in. But we would, we it, would... it was a great and it was a great yeah. response by the players and yeah. the crowd as well, I thought, to really get the players back in. It was it was really encouraging to see that. Um and uh, Dan Neil, shout out for him as well who equalised because he's he's just as the season's gone on, he's just got better and better, hasn't he? I think again, this is something we discussed last week where we said maybe a bit of a slow start. Um, to the season, but he's getting he, he's his trajectory is going upwards. He's getting better every single week, and I thought he typified the the Sunderland response, didn't he? Um, do we think Tony Mowbray was slow, perhaps, to make substitutions? I thought players did really well to get back in the game at one-one with a man down, and I felt the next few minutes Swansea started to get control of the game again, and I thought he was quite slow personally. I would have been thinking about freshening things up. Anybody agree with that? Yes. I'm being harsh. Yeah. Well, we had a discussion after in the pub, didn't we? And both agreed. We on did, the same but people didn't hear that. So, <laughs> like, we, we were both saying we would have taken Diallo off, or Ahmad off, sorry, and brought um, Bar on. Yeah. Um, after about 55, 60 minutes, probably. Because Ahmad didn't have a very good game. I thought like Bar might have offered a little bit more support. Um, just shore up the midfield spirit, a bit, bit yeah. energy, bit it behind you to go on because they all starting to control the game again. A bit more of a physical presence as well. Um, so I thought that might have been a good change, but I think the problem is when you're playing Swansea, it's like one of the probably the worst team you could go down to ten men against because you know they've got the highest possession statistics in the league across the games, sixty three percent or something like that possession um, on average. Um, and as soon as you go down to 10, that's it. It's like they're going to keep the ball. Um, and they were a bit first half when they, they they were too they were trying to play too narrow, I thought. And then as soon as they started to uh, stretch the pitch widthways, that's when it started to cause us problems. And obviously we conceded from, well, a kind of cross for the first goal, a cross for the second. Um, so, yeah, I just thought... It's very frustrating because you think if we had eleven men on the pitch, I think we would have won won the game comfortably. Um, but because we just handed the initiative back to them, and they're the kind of team who could just control the ball and tire us. And I think the yeah. third goal that we conceded was a reflection of that. Those changes should have been made earlier um, yeah. because the players didn't even they just didn't recover to that mistake from Hume. They didn't re- they didn't recover the ball the first time. They didn't really go to block out the strike quick enough. Um, obviously, people will say Patterson should have done better, as the cliche goes. But we didn't really get get out to him, did we? We kind of just let him watch them shoot, really. Um, so yeah, I just think that lack of pressure on the ball. I think yeah, sure we'd we'd, 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 we'd been dragged. We'd been we'd been dragged about the pitch for the vast yeah. majority of the game, and I think it it that it. it 
the fact you know the, the, the point you made, Stephen, about the changes being made sooner. I think if we'd freshened it up sooner, um, we we maybe would have fewer tired legs on there. But... Yeah, I thought it was slow on the touchline hands in his pockets. I thought just thought it was really slow to make to make any sort of change. I think as well from what Gareth was saying, I agree with everything. But I think uh, what's worth saying as well is it's not just the amount of possession that Swansea have; it's how slow they move the ball. Because I think if they play like more high risk passes, you've got opportunities for like turnovers, etc., to press them higher up the pitch. But like Gareth said, when the possession is so slow and methodical, and it means that if you kind of like don't exactly mirror what they're doing, then you have a player who pulls slightly out of position. There's room to exploit us, and that's what happened, unfortunately, for all three of the goals. So I just think that's worth pointing out as well. And just kind of what Gareth was saying about them being the the worst team possible to go down to. Like to go down ten men against because they're just so relentless with what they do, and I think in the first half actually we retained our press quite well and we still kind of pinned them next end. But I think Swansea would have said right, we're quite happy with nil nil at half time because we know they can't sustain this, and that's how the game panned out. So I think bringing Bar on, I think he's quite good in possession. I think what he even Michu I think might have made a bit of an impact in terms of just like ball retention because I think in the second half that's something we really really struggled with not only. Well, they're having all the ball. We were giving it back to them too easily. So I think just having a bit of a calm and head on as the game developed would have been really good for us just to try and get a little bit of control, wrestle back into the match. Yeah, yeah, a bit unfortunate, really. You know, you go down to 10 men. If you go down to 10 men after 70 minutes and you've got 20 minutes to survive, you know, then uh, you've got half a chance, haven't you? If you go down to 10 men after 20 minutes and you've got 70 minutes to survive then you're asking an awful lot. Now, Sunderland did really well to get back level by 65 minutes, um, but it only lasted for, what, four minutes before you got a really bad stroke stroke of bad luck where Danny Bart's uh, clearance goes in off uh, Cullen, uh, who knew nothing about it. You know, he was just in the right place at the wrong time from Sunderland's point of view. Um, so you think, well, you got back to 1-1 after 65 minutes, but before, almost before you've got time to react and make the changes after that, um, you suddenly find yourself behind again. Uh, I think if Sunderland would have, would have stayed at 1-1 for maybe 10 minutes, then you might have seen uh, Mowbray show things up at, at that point. But the thing is, at 1-1, you think, well, this is all right. 1-1, 20 minutes to go, you know, still in, in the game here. And then all of a sudden, you get that, that bit of bad luck. I didn't realise, I know you were mentioning there about the third goal, Gareth didn't realise till I saw the the replay on Saturday night that that was deflected as well, oh, which yeah. took it away from Patterson. I, you couldn't tell that in real time, but but you could in the uh, in the replay. So that's what sent it straight up into the top top corner. So I think it would have gone closer to Patterson had it not been for the deflection. So uh, definitely, you know, definitely the, the, the yeah. both, goal, both those last two goals of Swansea's, you know, came with a, a slice of luck but attached. You look, you'd, you'd look, I know, I agree. In terms of the finishes, but I thought this, yeah, this probably should have been a foul on Stewart again. But you know, you, you can give one, one accepting that you're going to get a foul against Stewart after 25 minutes in the game anyway. So there's no point huffing about it. I did feel as though after, like, the once the ball went loose, there was two straight pass, basically straight passes that wide along the floor. That I mean, it was a great fizz ball in by the, the wide player. But the ball, the two passes to get out to him were pretty, very easy. I just wondered if we'd gone a bit, were a bit annoyed again about what had happened in that moment with Stewart and we've switched off. Um, and then obviously there was a slight mistake by Hume on the 
on the third will give the ball away. And we got a bit lucky because he had two men over on the first strike and the lad, instead of passings, decided to shoot and we've blocked it. But if he just squared it, I think they had in Cham and I can't remember the name of the other lad who was just waiting there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. we saw out the first one and then obviously got punished on the, when, when the ball's broken again. But again, it's like, you were talking about a defeat and there's frustrating bits in the game and there's things we could have done I'd say things could have done better. To be fair, they, they gave it a right go again. They do it every week. Like you can't, you, you honestly can't fault the effort and the desire to do, to even try and win the game when he's out of ten men. Um, you, you, they kept going, and I think that's been the main positive. Like coming out of the game, I was disappointed with loss, but again, I wasn't like, hope like this is hopeless. You know, it's. It could have gone it, one one. It could have gone either way. If we'd got, like you say, a break of the ball for that second, um, I think we, you know, I think, I think if it stays one one for another ten minutes, then I agree, Stephen, on the changes being made earlier. But then maybe I reckon Morby would probably make more proactive changes at one one. Whereas I think it felt a little bit like going have a run out, lads, didn't it? With ten minutes to go, with the four he brought on, it wasn't yeah. really to impact the game, was it? It was just get some get some time on the pitch. Um, and it was also to take it was also to take Stewart and Evans off, yeah, no point in running them into the ground. Yeah, you know, you're two goals right. behind, the game's gone really, you know, with ten men. Yeah. And, but, and 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 once Stewart goes off and there's nothing to replace him with as well, again, this is just bringing you know to our attention that we just we, we need another striker, don't we? I mean we're gonna talk about what we need in the transfer market and stuff, but it's so clear because that was like <laughs> almost like I mean, we'd probably accepted defeat by that point anyway, but that was like the ultimate acceptance of defeat almost, wasn't it? Just taking Stuart off. Well, there's absolutely no way 10 men are going to get back into this now. And I might be being hypercritical on the subs thing, but it's not. I'm not saying it with hindsight. I was saying it at the time. Like, I know what you're saying, James. Like, you maybe thought he'd give it a little bit longer before making changes, but I just, and, and I know they scored, you know, relatively quickly after we equalised, but I just think you could see it at the time. It was almost like the equaliser. You know, they'd been putting so much work in to get to it, and it was almost like it flattened them out a little bit. And you could see, I thought you could see straight away. I thought they didn't they, knock it here now. I think it needs to be yeah. proactive and, and 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 make some changes. But you know, yeah, easy for me to say, I guess, sitting there. Um, uh, Mick, you I am residential keeping expert. Um, thoughts on Patterson for the three goals? Any blame to any of them? Um, I think when I was at the match, I thought the third goal, I thought he should have done better because I thought he went through him. But as James pointed out, when I watched it back, it does take a slight nick. And when the ball, it's all very well saying that you've got like adjust and things like that. But when the ball struck with that much pace, like you can just take the slightest nick and if it knocks it like an inch or two inches away from where you're anticipating the ball to go and you're already set, it's impossible to readjust while the ball's in the air. So I don't think really attach any blame for the third goal. I've seen some people claim that he should have come and got the second one. I don't subscribe to that at all because I think Bart's very clearly kind of like got that covered. So I think Patterson trying to like claim that and try and dive on the ball, I just think he's had an absolute chaos there for no reason. And I think it's just an unlucky deflection. And the first goal, as I say, I think there's quite a few different factors in that goal before I look at Patterson. So I'd look at the fact that I think Ahmad, he's kind of switched off. And that means that because Ahmad switched off and he's out of position, Gooch has also had to come out of position 
And then we get the situation where the lad is kind of like three yards away from goal with a with basically an open goal. So I can see why lads have just shoved their arm in the air out of desperation, looking for the offside. So for me, it's not just because I'm Ray Patterson, but for me, in hindsight, I don't think you can attach any real blame for the goals. And I think he's had an absolutely excellent season overall. And I think we've just got the stick behind him because even if you do attribute a bit of blame for the goals, every player's going to make mistakes and especially a young goalkeeper and I just think he's been outstanding this season. Well, of course, there's no long, you know, you know, long term blame there or anything and and it, and it says a lot about him that this might be the first game where you're thinking, you know, are you looking at the goals as his fault because it's been a nice change from what we've put up with over the last few years where we were having these discussions every single game and we're not now for Patterson but I just want to know what, um, what people thought on that. Um, any strong opinions on what Lugo Nine did? I know we've said we all think it was a, a red card. We've had somebody tweet us in, miserable Mac, I'm Steve, and it's not me, um, saying that uh, I took a rinsing on here for saying or Nine let the sound down with a tackle. Might as well double down on it and stick it in here as well. Um, we're at a pivotal moment in the club's progression and we're looking slow on the market, which we can talk about as well. Um, I was really disappointed. Um, James in 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 Luke 09. I think he's been he's had a great season, been really really good this season, and I don't know. Almost like is it a case of does he just have this in him because he flex? It was a flex, wasn't it? He thought he's he's gone in and he thought the crowd will love this off the back of a a bit fume at not getting the penalty. Um, I don't even think it was red mist. I think it was just like I say, some sort of weird flex, or maybe it does sound harsh to say. Has the praise gone to his head a bit again, and 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 he start he can do no wrong. But um, I know Tony Mowbray said he's got nothing to apologise for. I, I, I disagree. I think it was a really, really bit of poor decision making from Luke. I th- yeah, I think it was. I think it was a you know a missed time challenge, as as you said. You know, if it had been a split second different, the timing, then the fans would have uh, would have loved it. It would have been a, a great tackle. And there would have been no problem, but he he missed the ball, took the player, and, and in this day and age, whatever we all think of it, that's that's a red card for excessive force. Um, in in many ways, it was it was quite fortunate that that he didn't really hurt the lad because it could have done, you know. And that's and that's the sort of thing. It's a knock on effect, isn't it? You think if the referee gives the penalty, then none of the rest of it happened. Um, that's what's so frustrating, you know. Luke O'Neill doesn't make the the decision that he makes. The lad could have got seriously hurt. Thankfully, he didn't. But you know that could have all, all stems from from the referee not giving giving the penalty. But put that to to one side and think about about O'Neill. O'Neill's gone what uh, half the season? More, more, we're in the second half of the season now. We've gone half the season with, uh, um, and this is his first send, sending off. So I don't think it's a. a Habit. I'm trying to remember how many other red cards as he had since he's been at Sunderland. One, maybe, possibly two. What's he been here? Four years coming up. Yeah, four years, something like that. You know, if if he's been sent off twice in four years, you know, I'll take that. But particularly considering he spent nearly the whole season playing in defence, if he's mistimed one tackle sufficient to get a, a red card this season, that would suggest, you know, that it won't happen again for the remainder of the season. You're a defender. You, you're going to get these things wrong from time to time. Um, I don't think a ball was there. He won. I think he, I, he, I, had, I he had it. Well, he should have been sent off against Coventry in the first game, shouldn't he? Could have been. Could have been. And he did. Um, pre, he did one pre-season with Mourinho was fuming about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so you know, yeah. Um, okay. You know, every once in a while, he he makes a a rash tackle. But you know, when you think about players that we, that we've seen in, in the past that have, that have had six or seven red cards over their Sunderland career, I don't think he's anywhere near that sort of uh, category, is he? Um, oh, no, it's, got, it's, it's, it's not this so one much, wrong, and it, and it was it's costly. Yeah, it's it's not so much. You know, I'm not like attacking any sort of discipline or anything. Um, it, it, it was just I just feel I can't help but feel that he did it for all the wrong reasons. The ball wasn't there to be won, and instead of just composing himself and just trying to offer some um, discipline in terms of defensive shape, he's 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 just gone in for a ball that's not there to be won at all. Really I agree. I, I do agree with you, Stephen, because I think um, after that Roma pre-season friendly, where Mourinho was having all the like the beef from and that, all nine kind of like really played up the bat on Twitter. And fair enough, that's just harmless as a bit of fun. But I do, do feel as if he kind of like perceives himself as being this kind of like Mister Sunderland figure that he really wants to kind of like play up to. So I do agree that I think in that moment he's kind of thought, right, I'm going to go nail somebody here to get the crowd kind of like up and everything like that. And that's fair enough. I accept. That, like players have that in them, but I just think it was just really a silly thing to do when the ball's on the halfway line. I wouldn't have mind if it was like 20, 30 yards from goal. It's a last ditch thing, but it's just I think there is a degree of premeditation to it. Um, but I suspect Mowbray is saying different things privately than what he did publicly. I think publicly he's got to come out and say he's got nothing to apologise for because I think if you hammer him in public, I don't agree with that. But I think since the second to third game of the season, I don't think we've actually seen this from all nine. So I think that internally, People have been having words and we've been working on them because he always had that in him to just make a silly rash tackle. So let's hope, like James pointed out, let's hope this is the last time we see that this season. And hopefully, we love the passion, we love the enthusiasm, we love how much the club means to him. But just sometimes he does need to rein in a little bit just to make sure he's not on the wrong side of that kind of fine line between passion and commitment and just a bit of stupidity occasionally. Well, it, it, shouldn't he, attract, it shouldn't detract from how well he's played this season either. Or, he's you been, know, he's been you know, great. You know, I said that at the start, yeah. You know, he's, he's been excellent for us, so just a daft, a daft moment. And it's a shame that we're going to be without him now for for three games, aren't we? Well, is he going to get back in now? Like, I know we don't know that because we don't know what's going to happen in the next three games, but that that's one thing. He, he's, he's, you know, he's potentially given himself a bit of a... It has to get back in because Bath, uh, Bart, and um, Ballada. Yeah, I think now. And he got right is there, and Alicia should be back soon. You would have thought so. Competition for places in there. So good time thing about the thing about O'Neill is he can play anywhere in that that yeah. back line, can't he? And so that you you would think to yourself that there's always going to be opportunities coming yeah. because there'll be a fullback gets injured or you know a centre half or something. Um, so he's not just covering one position, is he? It's not like say Danny Bart. Danny Bart's only got yeah. centre half to to aim at, whereas Luke Luke can be used in other ways. So I, if he is out of the team when when he's uh, available again, I shouldn't think it'll be for too long. Mm. Yeah, well, you yeah, you you think so, but Darren Drysdale, that's Darren it. Drysdale. Just <laughs> remembered there, just popped it in my head. It can't be a Newcastle fan if he's refereed Sunderland, though. Well, no, you've got to declare a team, haven't you? When you're off, well, you've uh, got to declare a team, and you're not allowed to referee them or their immediate you rivals. Yeah, you can't, you can't trust, you can't trust them anyway, can you? You could probably be a liar. 
Well, the Liverpool fans have that conspiracy theory about Anthony Taylor, don't they? They all say he's a Man U fan, but he hasn't declared it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go with that then. We love a conspiracy theory. Just so when he referees his deck, so we can go Darren, really dr- down. Darren Drysdale is a mag. Right, we'll double down on that massively yeah, if he yeah. ever referees again. Um, I don't think he ever will unless we get relegated again. But he didn't get him promoted. A couple of people asking if if um, this spoils everybody's weekend. Just trying to find Robert Grimwood has said it spoiled my weekend. Um, here's Durham saying a spoily Saturday, but a walk on Sunday sort of out, which was nice. Um, I'll be honest, this is this does feel very much like you can just categorise this in the forget about it, move on category because there were so many different factors to to it, weren't there? Like you say, you know. It's not like one of those games where we've thrown away a two-goal lead and you're really frustrated. Um, Swans away from home, I thought we were we were we were crap, weren't we? And in, in, for the large part of that game, but this is just external factors have taken over, haven't they? I think this has probably been the easiest one this season to to just say right, forget about it. I think you can judge the the first twenty minutes when it was eleven against eleven, you know, and take a lot an awful lot of positives from that. Sunderland were were excellent, you know, for that first. 18 minutes, whatever it was, before they're sending off. So if you're judging it there, when all things being equal, then it'd be very positive. It's just obviously once this red card comes, then you know the whole thing, I think as Tony Mowbray said, you know you can put the rest of it in the bin, really, and I think that's what you have, have to do. Yeah, we will. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll have a quick break there. When we come back, I just want to talk about inactivity in the transfer market um, and a couple of other things that I've seen pop up Sunderland-related today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Wise Men's Day podcast. Right, a couple of people have uh, tweeted us just about the um, inactivity, I guess. Um, in the transfer market, um, Roke and Dweller John has said uh, inertia in the transfer market, like August, annoying. Up until the Wigan game, one league start between Bar, Mishu, and Bennett. Can only wonder where we be had we had a striker and starting um, reinforcements. We'd already mentioned Stephen there saying that the the, um, the inactivity in the transfer market uh, market was a bit a bit frustrating. I mean. We've just got. We've got to choose. Well, it? It's a difficult it? one, isn't it? You know, it often happens late in January, doesn't it? There's a story circulating this evening there from 
they're not so reluctant, Nico, um, <laughs> stating that he's pretty accurate, to be fair, um, that we are trying to sign or going to sign on loan Pierre Equa from West Ham. Right, he's a defensive, this, he was a defensive midfielder. Right. Well, I missed it because it came out 26 minutes ago, Steve. Okay, right. Right. That was that was going around a few days ago, wasn't it? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, actually, from. I do remember seeing something yeah. from uh, West Ham. I did, but that, that was a permanent signing, is that? No, it's I, a I loan, apparently. Because the other day, I saw permanent, but they're saying loan now, yeah? Yeah, loan. So, right. defensive midfielder. So, maybe he's the Corey Evans replacement type player. Which we need. Which we need and yeah, that's we not do. being And that's not being, you know... Corian's have a really good season, I think. Yeah. But I think you need an option. And and long term, you know, we've said this how many times have we said this? You know, you can only progress by improving your squad, and you should always look to bring in somebody who's better than what you've already got. And as well as Corey Evans has played this season, that's one position realistically with his age. Certainly in the summer, if not January, you'll be looking to say, right, we probably need a bit of an upgrade there if we want to kick on because Dan Neal's playing so well and you just feel like he needs that maybe a little boost of quality in next up. And I say, that's not me trying to be harsh on, on Corey Evans. That's just the way you, no. you, you, you're progressing football, isn't it? Um, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Stephen, because I think what has been a bit of a difficulty is, you know, um, in the Wigan and Blackpool games, we were kind of relying on Dan Neal to play the Corey Evans role, which I think he did admirably, to be honest. I think he... Um, did really well. I think he showed defensive aspects to his game, but I didn't really appreciate that he had at this level, so that was pleasing. But the problem is that then limited kind of what Daniel's good at, which is getting the ball in more advanced areas and playing kind of like line split and pass and stuff like that to get us further up the pitch. So I do think it's really important that if this happens again, if Evans is out for two or three games, we've got somebody to like slot into that place and to be able to perform that role. Yeah, agree with that. Where else should someone be looking at? Centre forward's the obvious one, James, isn't it? We've just said there, you know, when, when the game was done, when Stewart had a cough. Yeah. And he, need, he, need, he, need, he needs help, but he needs... I know they're, they're probably keeping an eye on the on the Sim situation, Evan, aren't they? Because I know they're saying, you know, yeah. that could be something that happens quite late because if Everton would need to go out and reinforce in that position yeah. themselves. And he can only come here, is that right? If you can't, they can't loan him out elsewhere. Can't send him anywhere else, or not, not and have him play anywhere else. No, and he's not playing there. He's played what eight minutes or something, and yeah. a few games yeah. been back. So, so and he could have of abused on Saturday, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a good opportunity that that he could come back to Sunderland. Though, I think, particularly if Everton bring players in uh, over over the window, and obviously it would it would be ideal from Sunderland's point of view because he knows the club and the club know him and he knows the players and he knows the setup and Mowbray knows him and all the rest of it. So that's better than just bringing somebody else in and take them time to get up to speed and all the rest of it. He would come, you know, you hit the ground running, wouldn't he? So that would be uh, um, a positive. The, the worry is, I mean, everybody knows that, that Sunderland need another striker. Everybody's been saying that. Tony Mowbray's been saying that. Um, you know, I think even Christian was saying it the, the other week. Everybody acknowledges that, but we're very much in the same situation that the club found itself in last January, where everybody knew that Ross Stewart needed somebody else, um, you know, to act as competition and cover, and that person never arrived. And they got away with it last year in the second mm-hmm. half of the season because Ross Stewart stayed fit. But that might not have happened. He might have got injured. If his thigh injury had happened on the first of February, you know, then um, you know you're in all kinds of all kinds of trouble, aren't you? Um, so 
I don't think they're going to take that risk this time. I really do think that they'll bring in at least one striker. I'd like to see them bring in two. To be They've honest, got to with bring you. in. I was going to say, I can't just be. I can't just be. Let's sit and wait to see if Sims comes back. They need to go and get somebody else as well, don't they? No. Well, Mowbray said said that at, uh, at Blackpool. He, you know, he, he said we can't just sit around and hope that that comes off because what happens if it doesn't, and then we find ourselves at the last minute um, in a scramble. You have to, um, you know, carry on. Um, your, your search, regardless, and, and I would like to see them bring in bring in two players. As I say, um, I'd like to see them bring in, um, you know, say Ellis Sims back, but also a, an extra striker as well. Because if you if you are going to play with two strikers in three five two, which they've done a lot this this season, um, then you know you haven't got any cover for the for the two. If you see what I mean. Um, oh. I'd like to. I'd like oh. to see them bring in two strikers in this month, if, if, if at all possible. I do completely agree with uh, what you said there, James. I think the one mitigating factor for the club is the fact that I, I think we've only obviously Blackpool's on New Year's Day, so that's slightly different. But beyond that date, because you're never really going to bring something on the first of Jan- January. I think we've only got Swansea. Obviously, we're playing the league on Saturday, and then we've got Middlesbrough next week. But then it's Fulham in the cup the week after, isn't it? So we've actually only got like one more league game before the end of the month. So for me, I'd much rather that we wait for the right targets and the right people to become available and then we get them late on the window. It's not going to harm the league campaign all that much than make a kind of bit of a panic decision now. And then we've got somebody who we don't ideally want the club kind of for very short-term cover. So I, I, and one thing I will say about um, our transfers as well is that so, in the, for example, someone we signed Elise, there was no rumour whatsoever, there was no links in the in the major venue, it was just unveiled by the club. So I'm hoping we're taking that approach again, where very little's been leaked publicly and we're bringing in these signs on the quiet and we get some business done because we are short in key areas, like you said. Totally agree. So is there any advance on the general consensus that seems to be a defensive midfielder or, or, or somebody in the, in the sort of... Um, in a similar sort of um, position that Corey Evans will play, the two strikers. We're not going to get more on that, are we? I wouldn't have no, thought. No. I I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. I think, you'd, yeah. I think if we, we got that and if there was anyone else that came in after, then fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, I think you'd have to see someone leave maybe to expand on, on that. Right. Don't want to go in on speculation too much, but maybe worth saying just before we go. Uh, anybody, uh, James Pops, don't know if you've heard anything on this um, on this rumour that Alex Neil might be coming in for for Dodsey as a coach. Seen seen the rumour. Um, you know he's, he's highly rated by you know uh, people in in football certainly. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, he was in the Midlands with Birmingham, wasn't it? So, uh, but there again, he's now he's now uh, established up here with um, uh, with Christian Speakman, you know, and uh, someone that he worked with at Birmingham before. I don't know how much, you know, is it is it a, a step forward for him to go to go as Alex Neal's first team coach from being first team coach here? Yeah, you I wouldn't think on paper, you wouldn't say so, would you? He's just sort of, a, it's a first, first team job he's getting a grip of, isn't it, really? After yeah. doing a lot with the youth, and you would hope yeah. that because he, you know, he, we are playing um, in a way that he's obviously, um, you know, he's obviously a big part in the way we're playing at the moment. So you would, you would hope, but as we know, as we know, money talks, and if it comes down, it could always come down to that, couldn't it? 
Yeah. So yeah. Just want to keep an eye on, I guess. Um, hopefully not, because like you say, he's got the he's got the reputation, right? Anybody else got anything to add before we wrap it up? Going to be greeted with silence here, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Go on, Gary. One, one, one day, one day, somebody's going to come out with just this like really massively hot. No, we should. Uh, something when I say well, we, we should always say that you should head over to uk and check out the written content uh, produced by uh, our gaggle of contributors. So go there and read that. There you go. I love gaggle as a collective noun. It's great. Do Good. tweet in your favourite collective nouns for us because I'm always interested to see what they are. <laughs> Don't um, buy that, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I do. Maybe, you know, my degrees in English, maybe, maybe I'm being a bit geeky. Um, right, okay. So the lads will be back um, later in the week to look ahead to uh, a game that isn't really a derby. None of us think it is. Um, I know, like, I'm just saying that because I don't know how much it rattles them as well, and how much they bite at it. Uh, we've got a big game against Borough. Uh, it's a shame about the kickoff time, isn't it? I just oh, despise, God. despise midday and lunchtime kickoffs. I hate them so much. Um, so, yeah, be interesting um, to see if there's any states at 10 o'clock in the morning in town. Um, go easy. And the lads will be back to look ahead uh, to that game later in the week. So, as always, thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.